It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down An American loser the day I was born Hello, welcome back to another episode of American Losers, the Hi. podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. Uh, we're back at a shared universe studio, as always. Full house today. All right, Cahoons, you're behind the ones and twos, our best sound engineer. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm not bad. We're uh, This is our second episode of the day, and we've been drinking. Yeah, you made a slight mistake leaving those beers here. Yeah. No, no it's a, they're very appropriate, too. But uh, we had a lot of guests on this one. The meanest girl in New Jersey stuck around for another episode. Kerry Burke's back. Hello. How, how you doing? I don't think he's the best sound engineer, though. Oof. Wow. And I don't think ah. you're the meanest girl. Is that the Thank way you're you. going to start? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's the way you're going to yeah. start? Yes. No, throwing, throwing daggers, daggers right away, Kara. That's good. It's, uh, we got other guests we got to introduce, too, but um, we'll save the big announcement for last. I'm very excited. I've had, a, I've had nothing but success bringing family on this show, and uh, I'm very happy. i got two cousins here that I adore that came by. i got got uh, Aaron Burke. First of all, how you doing, lady? Hello. How are you? Thank you. First of all, it means a lot that you listen to the show. And I then love now you're going to be a guest on the show, too. And then uh, also we have Megan, who uh, does not listen to the show. I get out of here. I'm like off as a number one listener, bitches. That would be me. No, every week I get a text from Megan letting me know about the show. So uh, cousins Aaron and Megan join. That's uh, You guys are the sisters of uh, Kelly and Kate, who were also guests on the show. Yeah, we uh, obviously are. The Glenrock Burks are represented. We rank second we as do. well. We are the Burke no. losers. Pressure to perform. <laughs> That's right. It's, uh, the only loser on this one is Jennifer, who won't come on the show. So, uh, oh, boom. <laughs> But uh, big announcement here, guys. Very happy to say, uh, guess who's back from South Beach? <laughs> oh, South shit. Beach Larry. There you yeah. go. How you doing, you tan Irishman? Uh, we're doing all right. We're doing That's an all oxymoron. Right. Yeah. I want to thank that you. That is an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> tan Irishman? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're looking good, man. A different shade of red Irishman. <laughs> you're blurring the line between me and the kahuna right now. Which <laughs> <I appreciate. laughs> oh, dare to dream. <laughs> yeah, oh, I want to thank everybody, too. I mean, it came in on, uh, on Thursday. Thursday, uh, after leaving the pool at 83 degrees and just sitting around reading, uh, you know, we're just relaxing and coming in on Thursday night, uh, flying into Newark and then being greeted Friday morning with snow on the ground. Thank you very much for saving some of that shit for yeah, me. Yeah, we do what we can. Oh, of course. No welcome home yeah, to Jersey. Yeah, really. You're supposed it's to bring the right weather now. with you, though. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. That didn't quite work. It's out. snowing right now too. So if uh, if we get snowed in over here, this podcast that's starting off as a loving family event is going to turn into the hateful eight. <laughs> there you go. No, we're that's going for a, Thai food after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all drinking here. We're having a. Uh, uh, I'm having a great time. I appreciate you ladies coming down. This is awesome, and I'm glad South Beach Larry is back here. Uh, we got a weird ass episode today, but I'm going to be super lame up front. And I'm just going to say, it's very nice to be together in a room with all you guys on Sunday. Grammy would be very happy. Here, here. Let's cheers to that, bitches. Grammy would never say bitches. She'd say, S-H-O, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that was some of the best memories. And that's um, one of the things you guys uh, 
told me to because you guys listen to the show. He said that uh, the, the conversation is effortless sometimes. Sometimes other guests make it a little bit more effort required. <laughs> but um, we had a good one here, and it, it feels like Grammy's table on Sundays over in uh, Dumont, you know, hanging out. So that's why uh, this one's a special episode for me. So thank you, ladies. Well, I appreciate you. Another your... round of BLTs and Oreo cookies. Hydrox. And... Hydrox. <laughs> Bazooka yeah. bubblegum. Yeah. Hydrox versus Oreos here. So Blow pops, yeah. We'll figure out what's up with LPs, Mike, as we're going here. But uh, I'm going to say we should dive into this one. You guys, uh, when I told you what the episode was going to be about, you guys figured it out right away. Oh, I didn't. Well, Megan showed up with a, a, a goddamn sombrero. So. <laughs> Yeah. You texted a cartoon character, and I had to text Megan and say, "What was that?" <laughs> well, I'm excited too because it's um, we're doing something a little bit off the beaten path here today. But in honor of the the loser that we're going to talk about here, we're drinking uh, Dos Equis, right? Uh, my father's sticking to his Smittix because uh, that's just it's Irish too. Irish. It's a heritage thing. But I shot tequila, so I'm. You know. We did shoot tequila, so that's good to go on that one. Now, uh, not for nothing, we recorded an episode earlier today, and then uh, another podcast came in here to record and what I thought was hilarious is those poor people Kahuna you were the sound engineer for them weren't you I was yeah <laughs> those poor their people their reaction to seeing you was probably the funniest thing I'd seen all day <laughs> and I recorded this episode I recorded another episode with him freaking they're just like what was that they were they were <laughs> so taken aback with the with the full garb that you got going on because well, Larry came from his St. Patrick's Day uh, parade that he was marching into the bagpipe bands with Uncle Bobby. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he's wearing full garb. Now. This is a grown man in a kilt. Full battle yeah, array. pants under that kilt. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part is uh, Megan walks in with a sombrero, and then uh, I'm carrying a handle of vodka, and then Carrie walks in with a case of beer, and they're like, what? Fucking <laughs> podcast. Can we stay? <laughs> <laughs> What is the show? Oh, I don't understand it. But we have a very cool loser today. Um, we've done mostly American losers because that's the name of the show, so you got to stick with that. But uh, there's a lot of weird shit going on south of the border sometimes. So we're going to talk about an interesting guy here today. I do preface it with the, the uh, inundation of uh, a sports reference I like to open with. Uh, you guys remember Pedro Martinez? Sure. I do. Sadly. Sure. The most hated man in New York for a while, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So he's the most hated Boston Red Sox player in the entire Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. Uh, if you don't remember him, we hated him as Yankees fans because he was, first of all, an amazing pitcher. But then also, he tossed Don Zimmer on his ass. Right. So Brought his head, threw him down. Legendary Yankees bench coach got uh, tossed on his ass by Pedro, and then we started chanting. I mean, we booed the shit out of him, and when we finally got him, he made the mistake of speaking to the papers, and he said, the Yankees are my daddy. And uh, what did we cheer endlessly after that? <laughs> Did we did in people of New York did the New York Yankees fans punish him by maybe chanting Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Seventy thousand strong, <laughs> just torturing him the rest of his career. Even when he played for other teams, we still chanted that at him. But uh, yeah, he had a great quote though too because once Pedro retired, I didn't hate him anymore. But what I thought was amazing is this great quote because he's from the Dominican Republic, super poor guy, grew up with almost nothing. And he goes, "Man, ten years ago, I was sitting underneath a coconut tree with not a care in the world." Ten years later, I got all of New York City pissed off at me. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of a personality does it take to have uh, an entire nation pissed off at you here? Makes you kind of wonder. So LP, can Helps you think Helps when of- you're orange. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it gets interesting here. In order to answer that, we got to go into the story of uh, Mr. Pancho Villa. Uh, Cahoons, do you know who Pancho Villa is? I can't say that I do. <laughs> but you heard the name before, right? Pancho Villa? Yeah. Um, I think so. 
I, th- I think. Because he's a pretty fascinating guy. Carrie, he's no. a badass. Can I say he should have a Dos Equis and be the most interesting man in the world? <laughs> That's right. I think right? he might be the most interesting man. He's kind of a good-looking man. man. I, I a delved in a little man. bit. Oh, uh, eh, eh, ole. <laughs> <laughs> More on that later. It's like I keep trying to tell people I need to have uh, I need to have a Spanish wife or something because I just want kids that can go outside. I told you that. It's common courtesy. You need to marry <laughs> someone much darker than you. <laughs> My husband should have done the same. I told you that. Well, it's because uh, growing up as kids, too, um, we had, uh, you know, because this is the Irish side of the family hanging out today, which I love. But on my mom's side, because Carrie and I are adopted, so I'm adopted into an Armenian family on the other side. And my nickname growing up as a kid was LP. You remember it? Yep, absolutely. Well, Jer- Jermog, <laughs> which is one of the few Armenian words that I know, but uh, Jermog it is Armenian whitey. For, for whitey. Casper. <laughs> <laughs> so I was known as whitey on the Armenian side of the family. I didn't realize it. I was, I was dances with Kufta. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's why that movie spoke to me. But uh, yeah, so uh, interesting stuff here on that one. But Pancho Villa is a fascinating guy because uh, you do a brief Google search on him. And uh, you'll see that he's a uh, Kerry because you didn't know too much about him off the bat, right? No, I thought he was a pirate. Thought he was Kerry. Thought he was <laughs> honestly. A yeah. I thought he was a pirate. And uh, Aaron, what did you know? Just off the top of your head, did you know anything about him before today or no? Well, I thought he was a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> we had to explain Speedy Gonzalez was not a Mexican revolutionary. <laughs> Wiley <Wildly> Coyote. <laughs> right. But uh, he's a pretty fascinating guy here, man. And uh, we're just going to unpack him a little bit. But the more you dig with this guy, there's more weird shit. So. I thought he was going to be an interesting character on an episode about somebody else. Here we are. The next hour is going to be about this guy. So, <laughs> a brief Google search will tell you Pancho Villa is a legendary Mexican Revolutionary War hero, but his story is much more complicated than that. Like most fascinating figures. And I'm not going to – we're in this weird thing too where the, the Burke family doesn't age. You guys are all vampires. <laughs> Carrie and I are adopted. Smoke and mirrors, my friends. Smoke and mirrors. See, <laughs> so you say that, but I'm 31 and I look like the oldest person in this room. <laughs> so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Pancho Villa would lie about his age a lot, which I found out. Uh, and it's because there's not a whole lot of documentation. And he would change the story in order to fit kind of whatever narrative he needed. It that's to what we do. No. Yeah, see? <laughs> well, that's the other problem, too, is, uh, is you guys could pass for, you know, still in your 30s if you wanted to. Uh, I can't pass for being in my 30s at all. And on the opposite end of that coin, people are just like, oh, my God, are you going to talk about your pension, aren't you? All right. You've just guaranteed that there will be no pictures posted because now the expectations are very high. And they'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like shit, we thought they were hot. What the hell? <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, no, it's unsettling with that stuff too. The um, it gets. I say we are hot people. Ha ha. Oh, I, I will definitely testify that we're hot. Are hot will always be hot. You he guys, is a dilf of a father. Kevin forgot to call him that today. No, Jackie Byrne, my dear friend. Um, <laughs> we are. She was. Uh, she was. She's actually in love with my dad. I think that's the problem. So uh, I, I just come from a long line of good-looking people. Like even my adopted sister Carrie is a good-looking person. And then I look like Barney Rubble. <laughs> no, KP, you're a good-looking person. It's just, uh, debatable. It's, uh, that beard to, hit a lot. Let's he be just honest. needs to grow a neck. That's all. <laughs> right. And you need to stop looking like Barney Rubble from the foot. So. And get a yeah. better lesbian haircut. Also true. <laughs> it's um, it'll do you some good. I don't know how, but I think I became this week's American Loser. <laughs> Save that for the final episode. <laughs> the tables have turned. But uh, no, the feedback we always get to is that uh, uh, the episodes, and they don't know this, but they always say that the episodes with family on it wind up being the best ones. And, and I think it's because there's a natural report too because we, we're all funny people in this family. There's nobody that's not funny. 
All right, everybody busts balls nonstop, and uh, mm-hmm. when you got ball busting uncles, you have to develop a sense of humor and a thick skin pretty quick. Yeah, that's survival a, of the fittest. It's a yeah. self self defense yeah. uh, <laughs> kind of kicks in. It's a that's fight or flight. Fight or, or flight. <laughs> not become a ball buster yourself, or uh, you're definitely going to yeah. Because not everyone's as tough as us. I realized because uh, I've often gotten in trouble for saying something that would just be a very funny remark at the dinner table that they're like, people are ready to fight me over. <laughs> like, oh, I always say no one can bully my kids because I do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> your kids are pretty damn funny. Both my kids, kids are very damn Jesus. funny. No, that's, there's been some weird ones on that one. Uh, so I'm going to try to see if we can unpack Mr. Pancho Villa over here. But I have to ask a couple of questions while we're doing that. Uh, like most fascinating figures, like I said, he lies about his age a lot. There's no real true origin story with him. But uh, LP... This guy grew up in a sharecropping family on a, a hacienda. What the fuck is a hacienda? Yeah, well, a hacienda is really a, a Spanish term that uh, a lot of the Spanish colonies would set up these haciendas. And basically what it was, it was a land grant from the, the Spanish crown that you're definitely in with the in crowd. You're, you're almost guaranteed wealth. Uh, and everybody else was just a peon that would be working for the hacienda. Now, the hacienda could be in, into cattle, could be into mining, could be whatever mineral or uh, uh, agricultural wealth might be had out of that particular area. Um, these people were, were controlling it, and the control came from, you know, we talk about the 2%. Well, this is probably the, the 1% that uh, uh, if you were not born into wealth, your chances of climbing the social ladder and gaining wealth was like next to nothing. So at the end of the day, it's a haves and have-nots argument, correct? Absolutely have and have-nots. But but more importantly, I think absolutely no opportunity of ever having a have. <laughs> if you were born without, you were destined to die without. That's one way to piss some people off. The, yeah. uh, I was, I'm going to say this because we talked about it earlier. Um, so the Hacienda people, that's almost like the bourgeoisie in uh, pre-revolution France? Uh, yeah, it would be similar parallels to so that. These guys got shit is what we're saying. These are Mercedes-Benz drivers, and we're talking about what assholes they are on the open road. That's kind of what we're dealing with here, correct? <laughs> so, right. Drive around and think they're better than everybody else. There's the guy that's, that's uh, driving up on the right-hand shoulder <laughs> in, in a traffic jam to pull right. off on the exit. You know, right, cut an asshole on compensating <laughs> for what? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't drive one of those. Just saying, ladies. <laughs> So I drive a piece of shit Nissan Frontier, which should tell you everything. Because you're very confident in your manhood. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> also, it's a snowstorm, by the way, uh, that's outside right now. And I have a two-wheel drive pickup truck because uh, I remember being on the phone with my cousin Greg, uh, who's a mechanic. And uh, he goes, dude, don't buy a two-wheel drive pickup truck. And I said, I live in Florida now. I just bought a house. I'm not going to see the snow ever again. I was back here in about 15 months. <laughs> uh, <silly boy>. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But uh, so now we know what a hacienda is over here. Uh, Pancho had a habit of doing the wrong thing but then justifying it for a good reason. Now, um, Aaron and Meg, you guys are both moms. Do you ever have a kid that maybe does something? I was just going to say that brings someone to mind. Mm. I think think my daughter's an expert at that. (laughs) Poor KG. My son is trying, but he's not good at it. If you're going to be a weasel, be a good weasel. <laughs> they, ne- yeah, they never are. <laughs> at least attempt to cover your tracks. Yeah, right? I was like, shit, I was really good at this. He is Make not the good attempt. at this. My new life motto. <laughs> Words to live by. Half the battle on that one here. Uh, now, uh, so Poncho's got this way of doing things. He's uh, got this um, – his first real crime that he's known for here, and it's uh, it winds up being – yeah, these are done. So, um, His first real crime that he had was uh, he actually – 
killed a guy and stole his horse, but he said it was to defend his sister's honor because uh, his sister had been raped. And that was his way of like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure that I avenge the honor of my family. I'm also going to take this horse while I'm here. Right. He and was like the uh, Mexican revolutionary champion of the Me Too movement. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hashtag yeah, yo, Tom Bien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did read up. Look at you. Now, Aaron played it like she didn't read up, but now I'm, I'm curious. Now she's going to be able to fact check me. I watched the cartoon a few times, Kev. Solid, uh, solid pronunciation, too. Aaron enunciated quite well I for a German-Irish I told you Irish I took girl. five years of Spanish in high school. Oh, well. I only needed a few shots of tequila to bring it back. Hats uh, off to you because the other side of that coin is I had one year, freshman year in high school, of Spanish, and you needed a 70 to pass. LP slides in there with a 73 thinking oh, there golden, goes. all right? Because I need two years to get into that. They're telling me I need two years of a foreign language to get into a uh, college. So I, I slide through Spanish 1 with a 73, but then was told, uh, you know, basically, for all intents and purposes, that was a gift. Get out. Oh, no. <laughs> try, uh. try German next year. <laughs> a much less complicated language. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh-huh. and I'll just say it right now. With any of the Spanish pronunciations through the rest of this episode, I apologize to anybody who is <laughs> a Spanish speaker or we anywhere near a Spanish Lynette speaker. Lynette Palladino back in. Could have had her on to, uh, to give us the correct mm-hmm. pronunciations. Uh, it gets weird, too, with this when we're talking about it because some of the cities are ridiculous and they also change names where we know them as something different. Like the first thing Carrie did when she Googled, she goes, he's the governor of Chihuahuas? Hey, <laughs> caramba. Yeah, right? Chihuahua being a state <laughs> in a Mexico. A little yappy dog. <laughs> it is a country. In a country. It is a city, though. The governor of all Chihuahuas. Right, exactly. Half the battle on that one. Um, now, in uh, 1902, this is where it gets kind of crazy here. So he steals that uh, first uh, horse and disappears up into the hills of the Sierra Madre. Yeah, let's just back that up a minute, though, because I think what's cool about this guy is that his father dies when he's 15 years old. And now the whole family is working for the Hacienda. His his sister is working for the Hacienda. She's raped. And then being he's the oldest male child, it's his responsibility for, you know, protecting the family kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So then he goes off to the Hacienda and shoots the guy in the face. Right. You don't dishonor my sister. Yeah. Here's one in the face for you. He you know? probably could have gotten away with that, too. But the problem is that horses at the time were considered like cars. So it's you can. Yeah, that's justice. But you didn't have to steal his Audi, too, because that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> well, he's making yeah. his escape with, with a stolen vehicle so or a stolen horse. Uh, that's so. how they got him, yep. too. So uh, he starts going into uh, his uh, bandit mode, if you will. He's still known as Arango at the time because his, uh, his real full name, by the way is uh, pretty terrible. It's Jose Doroteo Arango Arambula. All right? And I'm just going to say that I'm going to... I have tequila confidence now, Heron. That's what... <laughs> and the, uh, I was going to say, that's, that didn't sound half bad. No, I'm pretty good at that. I've, I've had a lot of Spanish girls tell me for a white boy, I do a good job enunciating. I don't know what I'm saying, but... Uh, How many shots of tequila have they done when they say that? Well, on uh, two years of Spanish, all I walked away with was mis frijoles son de muchos caleres. <laughs> The Do you know what does that, that mean? My beans are of many colors. <laughs> <laughs> so useful. Yeah, really. Yeah, that, that comes up in conversation all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Pancho, uh, the hacienda that he grew up on was called uh, uh, Rancho de la Coyotada. Okay, so uh, Ranch of the Coyote, I guess. Um, but he gets in trouble here. He hides out in the mountains of the Sierra Madre, taking on this bandit lifestyle here. And he joins up with one of the toughest gangs in Mexico. All right? One of the toughest gangs in Mexico at that time, MS-13. 
Right. No, nah, I'm, I'm fucking with you guys. It's not real. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. They better have for that long, right? Yeah. You had them going for a legit They have some staying power. Like, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so he decides he's going to start out with his uh, career in crime here, which I have to give a shout-out real quick to uh, Matt Burton and Greg Standle. We made a movie in high school called Career in Crime, and they are both avid listeners, so I appreciate that. In 1902, to give you guys an idea of the time frame here, because when you see Pancho Villa, he looks like a cowboy, and we always think 1800s, Wild West with the cowboys. So this is that changing uh, time for the West where they're starting to see modern shit showing up out there. But in 1902, Arango is arrested for attempting to steal a mule and for assault. He is spared the death sentence because of his popularity with some of the other gangs and is forced into the federal army. Now, when I joined the Navy, it was not because I killed a guy and stole his horse. It was because I did not study hard in school. <laughs> Um, but uh, already a man capable of violence, Arango is now starting to learn the military trade. So that's what you want to do. Take a guy with a predisposition for violence and uh, teach him how to be better at it. How to better kill people. Yeah, that's kind of how they work with that one here. Um, now, he's realizing that the military trade is just not suiting him. He can't be – this guy's an outlaw. All right, Like you were saying, Meg, dude's a badass, right? He can't mm. take direction from anybody. Now, when you're a badass, decides he's going to change his name, uh, starts going by Pancho Villa. But this is after, in 1903 – he kills a Mexican army officer and steals his horse again. This guy likes stealing horses. Yeah. He's got a thing for <laughs> well, horses. It's a mode of transportation. I mean, you can't blame the guy. I mean, if you're going to steal something, you know, steal something good. Right. If you're going to be a weasel, be a good one. Right. That's, a, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a gone in 60 seconds kind of a thing going on over here. But uh, for seven years after that incident, so in 1903 to 1910, Pancho steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Sort of. He's, uh, he's got a weird habit. He oscillates between uh, – Legal and illegal activity, right? So he's sitting there. Technically, what he's doing isn't illegal, but when he uh, you know, robs somebody, he gives some of the you know, money back to the people in the poor towns, people who are working on these haciendas like he was when he was you know, a young man. And uh, people are starting to get really, really fond ideas of him. So he becomes popular. Why wouldn't – I'm just saying, uh, if I walked in here and did a Jimmy Conway from Goodfellas and I put $20 in everybody's pocket every time I walked into uh, you know, a freaking shared universe, we'd be the most popular podcast here. Were we not going to <laughs> – they would probably yeah. do it. It's, yeah. We're flirting Don't with it, it now. I mean, that's just, I, I bring you booze. And, You'll have you know. no money. <laughs> but uh, so he's starting to get this uh, uh, reputation that he's starting to develop, and he's getting very popular. But in 1910, uh, Pancho makes a critical decision that would take him uh, from a local legend to a uh, national figure. Okay. He got involved with politics, guys. How do you feel about that? Mm, Yikes. Well, Big mistake. There it goes. I don't know. They always say that, too, but. He's interesting. Um, when, because uh, I'm 31 right now, so Pancho at the time of his uh, his big moment is 32. So I still have a year of fuck around time. That's well, how I'm looking right, at. It. Oh, I always thought you were like 67. Jesus Christ didn't get started until 33. So I mean, you still got. Oh, you got a couple of years. You're good. Yeah, Are there any horses go. you can steal? I could. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. You're on out. your way. Yeah, uh, I feel like Marissa would know <laughs> where we could steal some horses. Still Marissa's horse. You're on the verge. <laughs> I know a guy. Little insight. <laughs> Cones. Um, so now, uh, Poncho's 32 years old, 1910. He has a meeting with a guy by the name of Abraham Gonzalez. All right? I didn't know that they made Abrahams, but apparently they do uh, by the name of Gonzalez. This man mentors and encourages him to use his bandito ways to help overthrow the unjust President Diaz. So... Uh, Mexico, if you're paying attention, by the way, guys, uh, pretty <laughs> fucked up place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. you got a long history of being really screwed yeah. up because who's coming into power, who's assassinating that guy and taking over and uh, just 
there's a lot of a lot and of this is within and Zorro the last made it look years. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don Diego, yeah, friggin' um, no, because Mexico. If you're keeping track at home, we have uh, uh, the war with Mexico uh, that predates the Civil War, and then you have uh, Texas's war for independence, if you will, with uh, Davy Crockett and the Alamo. So we've got this weird thing going on where life's better when we get along with Mexico. So that's what they want here. So the U.S. starts paying attention because shit's getting a little extra rocky there. Not that we're not paying attention to Mexico right now. They still make the news every now and then. But uh, President Diaz was uh, a little bit of a douchebag, all right? Uh, he had kind of suspended elections. So he had – on paper, he was the president, but you can't vote him out of office because right. no that's one's That's it. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm in and yeah. that's it. I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, kind of like right. a Kim Jong-un thing. He goes, ah, oh, you guys I, – I, I was ready to go, but you guys believe in me. Right. So right. I'm going to stick around. Like He's a great leader. <laughs> I can't go. Right. The people have spoken. Uh, so uh, President Diaz had taken uh, Madero, who was this guy who was a very popular political enemy, and placed him in prison. So the first guy that ever decides to run against him, let's throw your ass in jail. That's how we're going to solve that one. Um, yeah, so we're not only not going to have any more elections, but the guy who potentially could have been right. elected again, you know, and, and, and throw me out. We're going to put your ass yeah, Anybody jail. else want to try? <laughs> yeah. Who's next? Come on. Who didn't <clears throat> learn their lesson last time? Um, Gonzalez uh, reaches out now to Pancho Villa because uh, now Diaz has uh, been placed in prison. And uh, oh, I'm sorry. They want to take military action against Diaz in order to get Madero out of prison. So a lot of Spanish names in this episode. It's weird how uh, how many Spanish names there are in Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> just by coinky they have, you know? Half the battle, too. Yeah. Um, so they go ahead, and uh, Pancho Villa is now recruited by Abraham Gonzalez in order to uh, – I'm going to call them Pancho Villa and his merry men because they really are. <laughs> Robin from the rich. On here. Yeah. The There's poor. a couple of Robin parallels here. Like you already said, steals from the rich, gives to the poor, kind of. Yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's good at right. it. He pays. Uh, he pretty much pays taxes. He gives bribe money. Is it's what not it is. quite a men. Okay. In, it's not quite a men in tights thing yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, close to we're it. working that way. Close to it. A Rolo Flynn. <laughs> um, but Pancho and the boys respond by taking over a large hacienda, capturing it. They also capture a train full of federal soldiers, and they also capture the town of San Andres. Uh, it's not bad for a bandit. Okay, that's uh, it's pretty All good. All in a day's work. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's hard out here yeah. for a pimp. <laughs> not bad, not bad, sir. The um, Pancho defeated actually the federal troops also on several other uh, occasions, earning a meeting with Madero himself in 1911. So uh, you join a revolution in 1910, and you're being thanked by the guy you know who's in charge of the entire thing about a year later. So this happened fast. Madero tells Pancho that some of the dissenters within his own ranks, these were non-Madero uh, loyal people who are from the very very far left, who because uh, there's this. Intellectual contagion, we'll call it, that uh, around this time frame, Russia has now gone full-blown communist and uh, the idea of the proletariat is taking off and Marxism is there. And people are nervous about Marxism because all of a sudden um, they're nervous about any idea that ends with people getting beheaded or their families disappearing in the middle of the night. I, I can't imagine why. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> really. So now Mexico's getting nervous about this because they're like, oh, cool, we finally had our revolution. We got rid of this corrupt guy. And then they're like, hey, you know what would be great? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no, no, not you guys either. So they wanted to have more of a centrist idea. So even though that uh, uh, Madero was uh, left of Diaz, uh, a little too far left is a little crazy, okay? There's a, there's a line in the sand sometimes. So uh, they go ahead. Pancho actually disarms and arrests these dissenters and earns himself the rank of colonel of the revolutionary forces. So about uh, five years ago, dude's stealing horses. Now he's a colonel in the Mexican he's revolutionary army. in charge. <laughs> yeah. People are always rising and falling in the, the, great, uh, the great era of Mexico, if you will. The uh, revolution attracts attention from the U.S. due to its close proximity 
uh, to the fighting on the U.S. border. Via wins a decisive battle. Uh, Aaron, I'm not making this up. I had to Google this word to understand how Got to it. pronounce it. It is a uh, uh, ciudad. So uh, C-U-I-D-A-D, Juarez. So I had to look it up. It's, it's pronounced ciudad. And uh, when, see you, Dad. Yeah, see you, Dad. when he left this morning, he goes, hey, what was that note you wrote on the paper for me? And I was like, see you, Dad. And he goes, he goes no, I'm not leaving yet. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's, it's how you pronounce. Who's on first? That's right. <laughs> Go ahead, back up. Yeah, That's another conundrum. It's, uh, um, I, I got in super late last night from a gig, and um, I won't lie. I was drinking a little bit of whiskey to finish writing this episode. Um, and I went to sleep, and then I woke up. So now I'm I'm not hungover, but I'm still a little uh, I'm not my sharpest. And then I, uh, I'm going to debate the linguistics of a, a foreign language with a man in a kilt getting ready to march in parade <laughs> on his way to a St. Patrick's so, Day parade. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a series of conundrums, but uh, the uh, the treaty here uh, that they go ahead and um, they're going to at the end of this battle of Ciudad Juarez that uh, Villa wins decisive battle kicks the shit out of the Federals. And it ends on May 25th, 1911. Uh, and uh, they actually send Diaz into exile now. So Diaz is gone. Madero's made president. This is great. Pancho Villa just – he just whooped the shit. Pretty much the guy went into Mexico and an outlaw just fixed everything, made it right. Uh, that worked for about 25 minutes. <laughs> All right. Within two years of the defeat of the federal army, Madero is proving not to be the change we could believe in. All right. right? So he, right, right, yeah, right. We're sitting there like, guys, everything's going to be different now. And he literally just goes right back to business as usual. Yeah, he made promises of all kinds of land reform so that the uh, the peons or the, the people that were working for the haciendas might have an opportunity to better their lives. And, uh, well, not so much. You know, that, all right, that, that's the promise I'm going to make for you. But once he's in power and once he's in office. He did not make Mexico mm. great again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or make Mexico great because I'm not sure the <laughs> again right. is really part of it. It was ever great to begin with. It's, uh, well, it's weird too because what happens for them is that if you want to piss off um, a newly formed uh, revolutionary country, if you will, the quickest way to do that is to piss off the guys that did all the fighting for you. So the guy's actually on the ground. You know, boots on the ground, horses on the ground, if you will. Right. Uh, getting shot at, shooting Dodging back. bullets, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to tell those guys, hey, you're all getting land after this, and then just don't give it to them. So that's a quick way to get yourself, uh, uh, you know. Quickly hated. Yeah, yeah, you'll be on the other end of that gun real soon, you know. But um, what winds up happening here, uh, Via warns uh, Mr. Madero himself that he's going down the wrong path, uh, and Madero is actually murdered in February of 1913 during a period known as Mexico's Ten Tragic Days. Okay. Um, before Madero was killed, though, and this is where the story gets fucking wild. Um, Villa is brought back into military life in order to help Madero put down a rebellion by a guy by the name of Pascual Orozco. All right. You're right. Man, that's We need more tequila. Now they're just flowing. I'm good. Now, you're, now you're rolling yeah. your R's and everything. Uh, you're so close. Orozco. Yeah. We're very close to a Santana moment. Um, <laughs> Via delivered his friend Madero these critical victories, uh, but he's reluctant to join forces with the federal troops under this douchebag by the name of General Victoriana Huerta. Okay, now I know Huerta because there was a Huerta that sat in front of me in school, and I really liked. She was. Hot. I really liked that she sat in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's that back there? Yeah, it's a. Burke, why are you smiling so much? Nothing. <laughs> uh, Huerta had uh, Pancho. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing here, too, because the two of these guys, uh, Villa can't get along with anybody. Our boy Pancho, he's kind of, uh, he has to do things his way. But when you let him do them, he's pretty successful. So it kind of sounds like you, Kerry, right? 
Oh, totally. We leave you alone at the Home Depot and you get things done. But if a customer tries to get you to work with them. I get pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, now this guy by the name of Huerta, uh, he's also a general. Huerta tried to bribe Villa's loyalty with uh, giving him a promotion to a generalship. But Pancho knew that was like a bullshit paper promotion thing. This ain't real. So uh, he's not fooled by it and he holds out. Instead, um, now that he's insulted Huerta, Huerta now accuses Pancho of stealing a horse, which is, as we've covered, not a wow, big stretch. Where, where he would we, never do that. Where did we hear that before? <laughs> yeah, not a large stretch on that one. Um, and uh, Pancho is now – that's pretty much you calling him uh, a, a man of low integrity. And uh, this bandit had integrity. Okay. <laughs> right. uh, another uh, another harsh uh, uh, moment of cognitive dissonance. But um, Pancho responds to the accusation. Uh, I mean, how would you guys respond to that? Somebody tries to accuse you of something? Like, you know, I don't want to say what your guys' day jobs are uh, on the air at all. But let's just say you finally get a promotion into something that you've been working very hard at. And they try to tell you that, uh, you know, you're actually a tinker, as Uncle Bobby would say. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm very nice till you push my back against the wall. <laughs> uh, I, I had a feeling on that one too. Yeah, and then and, uh, I come out swinging. Uh, Aaron, I know you've got that part to you too. So I've never seen it, luckily. But uh, I would also just never mess with you. <laughs> I don't show it very often. That's, no, no, you're good at it. I, I saw it come out one time, you and did? it was uh, it was during a legal thing you were helping me with. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh yes, yes, okay, yeah. Yeah, you guys. It was very weird. You guys were cleaning shotguns while asking me what I wanted to do with the house. <laughs> I'll take a little bit of credit of getting KP back to Jersey. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Yeah, still all you on that one. I think that's kind of a Burke trait, though. It's like, you know, you can you can kind of roll with the punches, but eventually it's that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Look out! Look out! I got no more space to back up, so there's only coming forward, and and we're going to be swinging. Poncho himself might have been a Burke then, uh, because. (laughs) He wasn't well, taking any Well, there was that shit. picture of the little black boy oh, in Grammy suitcase <laughs> that we could never identify. That's who he is? Maybe. Who knew? Did she really just say that, Ken? I uh, did. I'm, pretty, I'm happy with it. Um, <laughs> so our boy Pancho now, uh, this uh, General uh, Huerta, is going to uh, accuse him of stealing a horse and uh, trying to have him arrested for it. And uh, our boy Pancho responds by decking him in the fucking face. <laughs> in the face. <laughs> <laughs> in the mush. <laughs> So, in the gob. Yeah, uh, drops him right there. Now, striking a general, uh, that's an offense punishable by death. And as he's being sent to the firing line, he goes, uh, he goes, come on, guys, uh, at least tell Madero you're about to have Pancho Villa killed. And Madero goes, I know he hit you, but we really need this guy. <laughs> so, I really like him. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's been good for us. Well, they wind up sparing his life. You can't fuck up. Like It's almost like uh, 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 Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> That uh, sure, there's a bunch of shithead things he does on the sidelines and even on the field, and uh, some of the worst interviews possible. But he is one of the best wide receivers in football, so you got to mm-hmm. deal with it a little bit. So Madero is able to spare uh, Pancho's life one last time, and like we said, uh, Madero later gets killed by assassins during the the ten tragic days of Mexico. Uh, during this time frame, Villa is sent to prison and escapes on Christmas Day, 1912. All right. Now you Feliz, want to, Christmas. Feliz yeah. Navidad. Mm-hmm. Not a bad one on that. Uh, we could have gotten him to play uh, Santa Claus at Christmas Eve next year. You know? <laughs> Kev, does that mean you're resigning? Inside, I've been trying to resign for three years. <laughs> You'll never resign. Big Kahuna, what are you doing next Christmas Eve? <laughs> I have a prior engagement. Uh, <laughs> We're fun. <laughs> It's pretty much this, but uh, with better food. Um, Thank you. No, it, fuck it. I'll dress up in a fake beard. I'll dress up as Santa Claus. <laughs> come on over. Run. You can come. It's you can come. Any benefits. <laughs> well, uh, Why not? Here's What's the only the rules that we have on the show, I think. There's the, the, the running theme on the show is uh, uh, don't fuck with TR, right? 
So that's don't fuck with TR. Make Big Kahuna's jaw drop. That's yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's our game. Well, don't fuck with TR. But um, uh, in Mexico, it's don't piss off Pancho Villa because uh, he's got some ways about him, and he escapes from prison and makes it over to El Paso, Texas. All right, so don't fuck with TR. Don't piss off uh, Pancho Villa, and also don't mess with Texas. So you got all these things kind of rolling into one right now. Uh, when you're an outlaw. Uh, from Mexico and you're hiding out in Texas and Texas is possibly wilder than Mexico, you're going to pick up some shit. So, uh, Pancho now learns that his friend Madero has been assassinated and that his mortal enemy, Huerta, is now in power in Mexico. Uh, we're setting up for a movie right now. Mm. This is this is Batman finding out that Gotham has fallen into the hands of Bane <laughs> and now he has to come back and save Time Gotham go. City. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to love me. <laughs> the spotlight uh, is up in the air he returns to his homeland. They put up a pretty much a, the bat signal for Pancho Villa, just be a giant sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> Dos Equis. Yeah, uh, yeah, two Dos Equis, nah, two te- X's in it's there. It's a tequila bottle. <laughs> <laughs> he, will, he will come. But he, uh, he escapes uh, uh, back into Mexico now, and he uh, sneaks back in very uh, small crew, a couple of horses, a couple of you know, guns, shit like that. Returns to his homeland in order to oppose the murderer uh, of his friend and his own would-be assassin, this General Victoriana Huerta. Uh, Huerta attempts to consolidate power, uh, and his first move is he has Pancho Villa's mentor, the guy who got him involved in politics in the first place, Gonzalez, has him killed. So you killed my friend Madero, you killed my uh, uh, my mentor Gonzalez, prepare to die, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So my name is Pancho Villa. You killed my mentor. Little <laughs> 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 Princess Bride action for you. Yeah. Well, revolutions make strange bedfellows, and now in opposition to uh, Huerta, uh, Pancho has found himself aligned with a former enemy, this guy by the name of Carranza, and they form a constitutionalist army. Lawrence Patrick Burke. Uh-oh. What the fuck is a constitutionalist army? A uh, constitutionalist army is uh, these guys were trying to come together and bring about some of the, well, basically it was the people that were holding the land, right, the wealth. They were trying to make sure that that shit didn't go too far astray, that they were going to be able to uh, um, still remain in power. But uh, it was another revolutionary faction within the whole Mexican political landscape that you got You got a lot of different political factions here. Uh, well, we're not too far removed from when they were being ruled by Spain in Mexico. No, and, and the whole history of the country is – you know, you were mentioning before about the United States getting along with Mexico. That really <laughs> didn't happen too often because nope. we were at war with them. And then, if uh, they would just pay for shit, we would have no problem. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then, you know, like, pay for the wall or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Come on. Um, but no, I mean, the, the, uh, the war with Mexico um, prior to the Civil War the outcome of that is Mexico loses Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, better part of Colorado, California. So, I mean, they, they lost a big chunk of property. So, you know, the Mexican government and the United States government, they really weren't buds at any stretch of the thing. But Just uh, on that, do you guys know why there's a bear uh, on the flag of California? Tell. Uh, so, <laughs> Tell. Um, that was, it was called the Bear Revolution. And uh, what it was is that... Uh, they actually sent uh, insurgents to go into California and tell all of the uh, Anglos that were there, the Americans, if you will. Uh, and we sent spies into California to tell them, like, hey, you know, Mexico's – I mean, they're being kind of cool with us being here, right? But you know it would be so much cooler <laughs> right. if we were in charge of ourselves, yeah, man. Right, right. 
and, and the they overthrew. Thing. Yeah, they yeah, really the chased thing, them out. Right, the same thing happened in Texas and, and all over the place. But um, going back to these constitutionalists, uh, that was just another revolutionary faction within this whole political landscape that um, you got all these little factions that are all trying to make things happen for them rather than the good of the people. <laughs> of the idea, too, that the United States had um, a constitution and a declaration of independence so you could actually lay out uh, you know, ground rules to try to create your own society. For everybody. Yeah, because the last guy that tried it got whacked within two years. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> and the guy before him made those promises but never, never carried them through. Oh, yeah, Once they went from dictator to nice guy. Nice guy gets killed because he didn't do enough to be different from the dictator. And then now you got a, this other guy here who's corrupt as hell right. who's literally a generalissimo of sorts right. where he's uh, it's pretty much a military ruler so they're doing a Rome thing too there's almost a Caesar and it's Caesar's armies are going to enforce Caesar's laws so kind of a wacky time here anything else on constitutional army or? no I, that's I really don't have a whole lot on that I apologize for that but uh, that's pretty much it this is the part <coughs> where uh, he gets fascinating um, and he's already pretty fascinating but uh, I could imagine Pancho Villa if he was existing today uh, going on Facebook live during some of his battles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he liked the spotlight for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, I just picture him on Snapchat and everything too. It's you know, hey guys, Pancho Villa here. We're gonna go kick the shit out of the haciendas. He's like DJ Khaled, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> Pancho. Like, yeah, That's a... I'm Pancho Villa. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, from yeah, well, he actually had uh, um, movie. Uh, Companies coming into Mexico to yeah, and, and film, film him and everything else, and he yeah. he was he was hot shit. I mean, a lot of the newspaper people were were covering him, and you know, he, you know, you if you portray yourself as the whole the the Mexican Robin Hood kind of a thing that he's robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, people are taking note of this and. Around the world, there's a lot of shaky shit going on. I mean, we're not too far away from the Russian Revolution and that whole socialist uh, scheme mm -hmm. of things. So, I mean, there's a lot of things happening worldwide. And the United States is paying attention to this. And what, what are we talking about, 1911, 1912? So, I mean, things At the time are, is 1913, 1914. Okay, so we're even closer to the First World War. So, that I mean, Europe is all, all um, torn up between... Um, the, the various uh, factions over in, in Europe. And we've got a president by uh, Woodrow Wilson that is like, let, let the Europeans take care of their shit and we'll just kind of step off to the side and let, let them duke it out. We want to remain neutral and not uh, go into the not getting entangled with all of this shit. Did you ever hear, um, it's my favorite uh, Colin Quinn joke that he does about uh, when they talk about Marxism. It was uh, Karl Marx, and he was uh, – they're sitting there, and him and Frederick Engels, because, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, Communist Manifesto, is written by Marx and Engels. And these are two German philosophers. And Marx and him are sitting there, and they go, all right, yeah, so it's, uh, it's this idea where uh, everything belongs to everyone. There's no actual real ownership. And he goes uh, – Engels is like, cool, what should we call it? And he goes, Marxism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I slaughtered that. Uh, I apologize. But um, now in uh, 1913 and 1914, like you're saying here, LP, uh, and we're all aware, because this is the most fascinating part, when you are getting Hollywood companies to come film your battles. <laughs> These aren't staged battles either. This isn't like right. you know, him doing a reenactment of his own fight. Yeah. This is actually people are dying, and it's on film. So, uh, Hey, tomorrow we're going to go over there and kick the shit out of those guys. So make sure you got plenty of film in the camera and everything's good to go. The Boss, MPAA I think, uh, wasn't really about this. They were not fans. <laughs> 
Boss, I think uh, I think Pancho V is getting ready to come. I can see a cinematographer crew coming. <laughs> <laughs> There's a best boy grip and a sound truck on. <laughs> There's like a big controversy. They tried to find the actual contract between him and the film company. No shit. Because there was rumors that the film company only wanted battles during the day between the hours of nine and four. Because daylight is so much better yeah, for yeah. film. Where, and that, and that Poncho was on board with that. But so, that oh apparently is probably a rumor, right. but a good one. <laughs> Put out there anyhow. And, uh, you did do your homework. Look with how you. believable this guy is, too, like the stuff that his life pops off the page. So I would not be shocked, Aaron, if that was absolutely true. Is there true. a movie about him? Is there? There is. It was an HBO movie. So no. there were. They wanted to make movies about him. Apparently, he was insisting that he stars himself. Also true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. You're a criminal. Everybody's looking for you. Pancho Villa played by Pancho right, Villa. Right. Nobody could do it as well That's as he right. could. Could you imagine if he did like a nutty professor's meet the clumps thing where it's just Pancho Villa playing his own his own grandmother? Pancho, what are you going to find a nice girl? He plays everybody in. Exactly. Medea. Oh, please. Uh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> So uh, we now don't speak that name. Yeah. Here. This army oh, attracts so uh, the Mexican patriots, which I thought was interesting because now, when you do make yourself a celebrity, like we were talking about, now all the Mexican patriots want to fight on his side, but also these mercenaries want to come. So now you got German mercenaries coming in here. Which, by the way, uh, we're drinking Dos Equis. That is a German recipe. They all want for beer. They all want cell right. time. They all want FaceTime. That's half the battle too. Now, uh, when you have the Dos Equis guy here, that's a German-style beer brewed in Mexico. So yep. that's why that has a Heineken south of the border kind of a vibe right. to it. So very good. That's why I specifically chose that, not Corona, because Corona is actually made in Chicago. Don't know if you guys knew that. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, is yeah. uh, again on the worldwide stage, the German influence or what they're trying to meddle in with it, it's all over the place. I mean, the Germans are going to Mexico and say, "Hey, you know, uh, if you come on our side, when eventually, if the United States comes into into this first world war over in Europe." If you guys side with us, uh, we'll make sure that you get Texas and California and Arizona and New Mexico, and we're going to give that back to you. Meanwhile, Germany is also in negotiations with some of the revolutionary factions in India and and trying to place arms in, in India because, again, that was a British colony. And they're also talking to the Irish because uh, the Irish and the English don't have a, a real good uh, love, you know, uh, with one another, so we're not fans of each other. Yeah, yeah. There, there's uh, there's there's all kinds of uh, schemes going on here. To uh, anybody that's against England or France is a friend of of Germany's kind of a thing. So everyone's just trying to scam each other in this timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why World War One happened was because it was a bunch of uh, loose handshake agreements that everybody's like, Nah, yeah, cool. I'll back you up if anything ever happens. I don't know what the fuck I just agreed to. <laughs> right. We're all at yeah. war here. Um, now, uh, Poncho's fun because he, uh, he's got other men looking for the good and righteous fight, but he's funding his war efforts by robbing trains and imposing taxes on small towns he comes across. <laughs> so uh, now he tries to put it on most of the haciendas he's come to hate. So it's the idea that he's going to rob the rich people to pay for the war, but sometimes there's not enough rich people. So it winds up being – that's what the uh, people always say whenever they think about um, socialism or communism. Is it working? They never think something's coming off their plate. They think something's going on. They're like, yeah, we're going to get out of there. And they don't realize, like, what? Didn't I have a potato here a second ago? <laughs> you know, the more, more like I hear about this dude, he just sounds like Deadpool. Like, he's not good, but he's not bad. And you just kind of root for him still, but he still just sounds like an idiot. He's uh, a little bit of a chaotic neutral. And, yeah. Um, you're going to like where we're going then, because uh, this is where it gets weird. Um, America starts paying more attention to Poncho than ever. 
an American writer, and this is a shout out to uh, uh, cousin Kelly, who is a, a lit major, and me and her both love this guy's writing. Ambrose Bierce was his guy, uh, his name, and he wrote uh, his legendary thing. He wrote was called uh, "An Occurrence at Owl Creek." which is pretty much every movie we've ever watched, every TV show ever, there's almost always a allusion to that because it's this, uh, he does this thing called stream of consciousness where uh, the entire time you're reading an occurrence at Owl Creek, you think it's about a guy who just escaped being hung and he's making his escape and he gets back to his wife and then finally, uh, just as he's about to open the door to his house to get back with his wife, you realize he actually, these were his dying thoughts and he got hung at the beginning of the book. Wow. So. Wow, Kev, that's uh, that's well. Now I don't have to read that. Yeah, are there really. any more shots? That's yeah. Yeah. There sure With are. Um, but here's uh, uh, what winds up happening, man. Ambrose Bierce is a Civil War veteran, and he uh, is always looking for adventure. The guy's in his 70s, uh, and this is an American writer, a very well-known American writer, decides to go hang out with Pancho Villa. So he's now following Pancho Villa into these battles. Ambrose Bierce, for another episode, will go into him disappears and is never seen again during this. No one knows what happened to him. A lot of people say that he escaped a couple of the battles and just disappeared, like, probably, honestly, probably with hookers in uh, Mexico. But that's uh, he had his leaving Las Vegas moment. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but uh, so at the Battle of Tierra Blanca is where Bierce uh, disappeared in his 70s. Now, the other guy that's uh, embedded himself with Pancho's men is a Harvard graduate writer by the name of Mr. John Reed. LP, who is John Reed? Well, John Reed was, again, a, a Harvard graduate. He was uh, very much involved, but he was also had very much uh, socialist leanings, if you will. And he actually embeds himself. He's a, an embedded journalist with the Pancho Villa uh, camp for, I think, four months. And he's, you know, America is making Pancho Villa out as this great revolutionary kind of a thing, uh, the the hero to the common man and, and everything else. And um, this guy is reporting on, on all his uh, ins and outs, if you will. And, and, you know, you alluded to the fact uh, you know, that we had Hollywood um, people going in there to film his comings and goings and kind of, they so say he's, he's definitely on the front page of, uh, American um, newspapers and that kind of stuff. He's a he's a media sensation kind of a thing, and this guy is embedding himself um, with and living with him. And you know, a lot of the things that we think we know about Pancho Villa is attributed to this guy. We've always loved our reality stars. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, all the way back. Great oh, point. Ass mustache. I think he might be the first reality star. He might I be right. He's my bachelor. <laughs> I think he is. Uh, the bachelor. I was going to save this part for the end, but let's just get into it now while we're on the bachelor topic. Uh, Pancho Villa, Kahuna, uh, 75 legal wives. He's a big Wait, what? <laughs> He's a big hoe. <laughs> Okay. That's a lot of alimony. Yes. That's a lot of alimony. Yeah, but that's only alimony if you pay it. You know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's or, not really the guy who's right. going to be paying. Or if right. they're ex-wives. Right. They're known as wives, not right. ex-wives. Ex-wives. And he would never take the time to get a, uh, a marriage annulled or whatever. So he had 75 wives, and he had kids with almost all of them. So he probably had no marriage license. I'm married to you today. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Wow, wait. Right. Villa's last living son died in 2009. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> you damn. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing. I, I, which, I, which tells you something, because he was only, he was 45 when he died. So I don't want to know how old that wife was. <laughs> 
Ten. Oh, who had that? Oh, oh. Right. Oh. Right. Sorry. Do the math. Yeah. Right. Man, we're going to have to talk about it was consensual, damn Ambrose it. Bierce again here in a second. Um, I'm going to open another beer. Yeah. Another <laughs> now you earned it, buddy. Um, now, Via is uh, fascinating here. It's now when uh, Reed covers him so often that even Woodrow Wilson, the president of the United States, knows who Pancho Villa is. And he creates much of the legend of Pancho Villa, as you were saying, Dad. Um, Villa is also not for nothing. Let's give credit where credit's due. It's not all smoke and mirrors with him. He's a brilliant tactician. And now he finds himself victorious again uh, in this war effort against uh, Carranza. And he's named the governor of Kerry. Uh, you want to guess what Mexican state he's the governor of? Chihuahua. Yes, very, very much so. Um, got one right. Little cute yeah. puppies, no hair on them. <laughs> and nasty dogs, too. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Always, the bigger the dog, the bigger the dog, the better they are. That's always how I feel on that one. I um, agree. Now, Via's tactics are being studied by the U.S. Army and also Hollywood alike. Hollywood was allowed to follow Poncho and his men on the battlefield, like we said. As long as 50% of the profits, Aaron, 50% of the profits have to go to funding the revolution. Right. It's, it's not a bad deal. That's not a bad right. deal. The movie company would get half. And then Pancho and his revolutionaries would get half. Right. And nice. uh, also now, Pancho is proving to be the greatest thorn in Huerta's side since, well, since Pancho Villa. This is the guy <laughs> who punched him in the face in front of his own men. And you have to wonder what Woodrow, what Woodrow Wilson thought about that deal because he's all nervous now because the revolution is kind of on our doorstep. Right. And Absolutely. he's not sure who to back, right? Right. Absolutely. So he, he's kind of wavering, do I back Huerta, do I back Carranza? What do I do here? And then Hollywood film studios are making him are as a big yeah, hero. Fifty percent towards the revolution, so right. he's in a crappy spot. Right? Do we back uh, Pancho meanwhile, Villa? Or? <laughs> meanwhile, Wilson has got everybody else screaming in his ear about what's going on in uh, in France with the the Germans uh, and World War One and you know the trench warfare and everything else that's going on. I can't worry about my there. cousin's neighbors. I got my own right, neighbors right. pulling some shit right, right now. Bigger problem. I, I got stuff not on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. I got shit right here in my backyard that uh, I got to deal with. Well, uh, during this time, Via's political nature made him worthy of an invite to Fort Bliss. This one's insane. Uh, Game of Thrones is coming back. We're all caught up on Game of Thrones for the most part. If you're not, I'm not going to give anything away. Yes. But um, if you look at the first episode of Game of Thrones, you see all the characters there, and you realize a shitload of them aren't in the show anymore. <laughs> all right? Yeah. A lot of wild stuff happens. People turn on other people. People get killed, all this other stuff. There is a picture that I'm going to see if uh, I can get Kahuna to pull it up here. It's one of the funniest pictures I've ever seen when you unpack who the people are. Uh, he gets invited to Fort Bliss in Texas. He's invited to meet with General John J. Blackjack Pershing, a.k.a. the baddest man on the planet. Okay. I was so excited. I thought I, you said care. John J. And I was like, yo, tell me this fool's name is Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pershing is photographed. You want to talk about tie-ins here? Because this episode's coming out after the Lloyd Fredendahl episode. So what do I search? Um, search, uh, search Pancho via uh, Pershing photo. And uh, it should pop up. Uh, now, this one's nuts here because we did an episode about Lloyd Fredendahl, one of the worst generals in World War II history. He got dismissed from command in the uh, North Africa. That is the picture right there. There it is. So that is John J. Pershing, Black Jack Pershing. Okay. Uh, now, the other guy to uh, his left, to Pancho's left, is uh, by a guy by the name of Obregon. Okay. And he comes into the story here later. To Black Jack Pershing, who is the, uh, the American-looking fella in the picture. Yeah, far uh, right. Over his shoulder... Uh, is uh, a guy in the far corner of the photo 
right is there. a young General Patton. Wow. Wow. So that's George. Patton, Patton who's going to win World War II for George, us. George, badass Patton. And he's cutting his teeth uh, down there in Fort Bliss, Texas. With uh, the, and now it, the story gets even wilder here, too. But, Kev, this picture is kind of reminiscent of Rumsfeld standing next to Saddam Hussein shaking his hand, not is it bad. not? Oh, we'll, get, we'll get into it later, but everyone will know what I'm referring to. <laughs> Look at you, Eric. It's a, she was a she history came, major. Come on. Wow. Well, she's playing, too, like she wasn't going to be prepared, but she's, she might know more than me right now. <laughs> I know nothing, but I know a lot. <laughs> That's right. You pick your spots. Um, so this is where shit gets even weirder with that story because that's a hilarious photo to begin with. Uh, but, um, yeah, George motherfucking Patton in the picture with him. Blackjack Pershing, baddest man in America. Really, I mean, truly one of the, the most underrated American heroes of all time. Uh, and this is before all of his legendary endeavors. Yeah, before it even he got involved with the First World War with yeah, the American at, Expeditionary Force. Look at his face. You're not going to fuck with that guy. It's a, <laughs> Um, he, uh, he gets invited to meet with them and they all have this, they have the great photo and everything like that. Now, uh, after this meeting, uh, he consolidates his men and his funds, both legally and illegally. And, uh, Pancho becomes the head of, uh, Division del Norte, AKA the Division of the North, the most feared army in Mexico. So you want Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders? You got them south of the border too. Right. This is the, the Hacienda boys. They're going to fuck shit up. And, uh, problem is can't have nice things in Mexico. <laughs> You just can't. That's what it is. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Uh, you can't have nice things in Mexico. This is where the term came from. Yeah. <laughs> Pancho begins to uh, have issues with his old enemy, but his current ally, Mr. Carranza. And uh, now Carranza's orders uh, in doing so, uh, he defies him rather, I should say. Let me get that sentence back. We're having a little too much tequila here. He defies Carranza uh, on the battlefield several times, winds up winning several large battles for him. So he's defying the guy he's supposed to be working for, but he's having success doing it. So now the people are saying, well, what's up with, you know, why are we listening to Carranza? Why don't we just, this poncho guy seems to know what the fuck's going on. So Carranza is forced to leave uh, the city of uh, Mexico City, rather. Uh, and it's very weird here, too, because by doing this, uh, Pancho Villa breaks Huerta's regime. Okay, he takes over. And uh, liberates Mexico yet again. That is twice now that a bandit, a horse thief from the hills, <laughs> right. uh, has uh, saved two. Mexico. <laughs> Who started his career by shooting somebody in the, in the face, face. Right. and stealing his In the horse. honor of his sister. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, you have to look at um, his list of kills and just be like, how many guys raped your sister? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it gets crazy. He breaks uh, Huerta's regime, liberates Mexico again. Huerta has to leave the country now. So the guy who punched him in the face in front of his own men a couple years ago now kicks him out of his own country. That's pretty good justice. Um, gets him out of there. The uh, second revolution now pits the winners of this revolution, Pancho Villa and Carranza, against one another for the rule of Mexico. See what's going on here, guys? There's a power vacuum, so too many people try to fill it. Right. It's, uh, it's like when, uh, when you went to Florida, LP, and yeah. I tried bringing in all these other guests. And uh, you know, you start seeing people turn on each other real quick. <laughs> Carrie's getting aggressive, insulting Looking the Looking at the vacuum, huh? Yeah, she's been here every Power. week since you've been gone. I'm just saying. All right, all right. I'm edging you out. All right, that's. <laughs> Sleep I'm next, open. man. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I think we're Carrie. You got any more beers over in there? That's we had a, we're gonna freshen up here as we go. Yeah, well, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take care of the Burke girls here. All right, they came down, they gave up a Sunday, so I want them to have a good time. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. Um, but uh, now Carranza was thought to be imposing a dictatorship uh, over here in Mexico, and Pancho and other high-ranking Mexicans were opposing him. Carranza was forced to leave Mexico City because it's occupied by the Division of the North. Right, Carranza had one better card to play, so he puts the guy, that other guy in the photo there, Obregón. You see him? Yeah. 
They put him in charge. Now, Obregón is a brilliant general. He's the only general that's actually better than Pancho Villa, and the best part is he actually knows Pancho Villa's playbook. So it's kind of uh, – Kerry made a good Spygate joke earlier about uh, Belichick watching the Jets practice. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> right. what Obregón got to do. He sees what Pancho Villa is all about on the field. So um, now that photo just gets even funnier here because Obregón uh, is going to be the guy who largely defeats Pancho Villa several times on a battlefield. Uh, in those battles, though, Obregón loses his arm thanks to Pancho Villa's men. So the guy in that photo, Pancho Villa, is going to get the shit kicked out of him He's by Obregón. Who, yeah, a one-armed man in an ass-kicking contest. It's <laughs> <laughs> but a flesh wound. <laughs> right. right. It's only a flesh wound. Just for battle. Who made that Monty Python reference? That was, that was great. <laughs> I appreciated that one. <laughs> um, but uh, Carranza, uh, he's, you know, they, they play that one card. You have Obregón against Villa now. And uh, Obregón proved to be the better commander and more well-equipped uh, than Pancho. And he handed the Division of the North a series of devastating losses that have forced Pancho now back into the mountains like his old bandito days. So, so one-armed man chased him into the mountain? One-armed bandit. Yeah, that's how good he was at his job. That's the problem. So. Well, his mustache is better than that's mustache. A- <laughs> and I think Via was pissed off about yeah. that, too. Yeah, it's a, a mustache inferiority complex. It's called. <laughs> I've had it my whole life. It's called a, I just want to grow. You, that's the problem, too. My father, Lawrence Patrick Burke, uh, Magnum PI stash. Amazing mustache. <laughs> right? Perfect mustache. Yeah. I've My- never wanted to tell you, but it's so true. I envy your mustache. Like, it's so glorious. Well, my, uh, it, my mother has never seen it. You give it about 40 years, it. and uh, maybe you could have one like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but uh, I've I, never I seen it without it. I remember you without a stash. It exists. There's one photo no, of it. Nobody yeah. really can. Yeah. He pretty much turned 15 him. and just had one, so. It's, a, it's the holy grail. You can't look at it without fucking <laughs> exploding. That's right. That's it. Well, um, now, uh, undermanned and undersupplied back in hiding, Pancho is now a victim of bad press. Okay? So now all the good press he used to be getting, Obregon and Carranza start talking shit about him in the Fake papers. Fake news. Fake, <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Absolutely. Fake news. These, the these are the same people that wrote about the Jacksonville Comedy Festival. So. <laughs> um, the uh, Assholes. Yeah, the papers are instructed now by uh, Carranza in order to portray our friend Pancho as a sociopathic domestic terrorist. Because well, one man's terrorist. It's not really a stretch. I mean, it's not a, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, it's not really that far of a, of a claim. Uh, well, because that's the move is that uh, one man's uh, freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. That's there always how go. they try to play each other off one another. But uh, now the United States is still – we're very concerned here. Okay, Mexico has been wild for a little while now. We don't know what's going on. They've changed leadership three or four times. And uh, they think they finally have a chance to have some sort of stabilization down there. And uh, Woodrow Wilson officially recognizes Carranza as president of Mexico. And unfortunately, this also effectively cuts off our support of arms, ammunition, and supplies that Pancho had previously received. So we're going to tell right. him like, oh, well, you're right. up in the hills now. You know, you're not really the guy you used to be. So uh, we're just going to stop funding. So the United States endeavor. just backstabbed Pancho. Well, by, uh, by backing Carranza. Where did the film crew go after this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now where do we go? Where did the production assistants right. go? <laughs> a, yeah, essentially this was um, – they were They're doing – making the numbers at the box office. Anymore. I mean with the history of Mexico too though. Box you office really Bob. Know, yeah, but we don't want you anymore. You never really know who to back. And, you know, I guess you could kind of feel for – Wilson for making that decision. Go who the heck, who the heck are we really going to back here? You know who's who's going to be the 
the uh, the eventual winner. And, you know, they picked Carranza, but, uh, you know, it was a choice of evils, I think. Imagine trying to pick somebody. It's almost like that episode of South Park when they talk about the banking crisis. <laughs> and they're sitting there, it's like, who are we going to back? We're going to back Carranza, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but this Madeira guy's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, come on, that's like so last year. Yeah. Um, but, of course, now uh, Via, with all his supporters, see that as, a, as a, the ultimate, you know, backstab kind of a thing that they no longer have the support. They just well, had their picture taken with, you know, the American military and everything else that, that they, they think they're pretty solid and then nope no not, not so much and they liked him that was the other thing Americans relatively fond of Pancho Villa until this point but uh, we went ahead and pissed off the band is there any history in our country dad of us um, providing arms and uh, uh, regime change <laughs> none at all and then it no, blowing no, up no, in no. our faces <laughs> it never went, happened that always it's went our fake way fake news <laughs> <That's> right, right. <laughs> Uh, well, right. we pissed off the bandit now. Pancho feels betrayed. Ask, ask Fidel Castro about the exploding cigar. Right. See how. Uh... <laughs> my favorite part of that whole story, not to be off topic here, but my favorite part of the, the attempt to kill Fidel Castro was the idea of a poison wetsuit. Hey, is this my wetsuit? Did you guys, did someone leave me a wetsuit? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to ask a couple of follow up questions about it? Made it that? special. Uh, but uh, the Americans used to like and support him. They even put Pancho in the movies, and like we said, he was meeting with these high ranking generals. Pancho now turns his attention to the United States for the first time and seeks to make President Woodrow Wilson pay for his recognition of Carranza. So uh, you're going to put my – you're going to recognize my enemies in power. Uh, I'm going to let you know how I feel about it. He burns that shit down. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Pancho orders the raid on Columbus, New Mexico on March 9th, 1916. Uh, before this, Pancho's men had killed Americans, but only ones that were working in Mexico for Carranza. And this is the first time he ever crossed the border and attacked a town. How do you think that would go over right now? Mm, yeah. Not so well. Yeah, that's uh. You think that would give people? Uh, would he get over the wall though? Yeah, right. The added right. impetus to uh, maybe we would have stronger borders. Yeah. Well, I wanted to uh, as a kid, uh, not as a kid, I should say. When I first started in comedy, uh, I wanted to take Route 10 West in Jacksonville, Florida. And if you take Route 10 West, it's almost like 80, but it'll take you pretty much all the way to San Diego. I thought it'd be so cool to get on the highway and do a show every single night on a, a road trip out to San Diego. And I was looking at, it, and there's a part of uh, 10 West that goes into Mexico. And I told my friend, I was like, yeah, I'm Googling comedy clubs in Ciudad Juarez. <laughs> um, I didn't realize this. That's known as Death Valley. <laughs> so, yeah. Why too many clubs. Saying? Yeah. yeah. I was about to go uh, uh, try to perform for uh, Narcos. Pretty much. <laughs> um, what is that George Clooney movie with the zombies? Oh, uh, uh, from dusk till dawn. That's yeah. what you would have walked Pretty into much. for sure. Uh, uh, if, if Thank you, Big Kahuna. I, no I know you're trying problem. to warn me against it, <laughs> but uh, if Selma Hayek is in that movie, Dancing with a Snake. <laughs> He's on his way. Yeah. He's leaving yeah. tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah I could, those kids I'm can go out of here. I'm packing up tonight. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your manager just for this tour. I'll book the gigs. We'll make it happen. You'd be okay on that one. Now, the worst part is, too, is that Kahuna, I know exactly how you'd play this. As soon as I got myself in trouble over there, uh, yeah. I don't even know that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he I don't starts know, speaking I Spanish, and yeah. uh, I don't know that hombre. Some yeah. gringo, I don't know. What does maricón mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Pancho orders the raid on Columbus, New Mexico. Uh, before this, like I said, they'd have been killing those guys. Now we're actually crossing the border and attacking. Uh, these raids are considered. This is kind of funny here too, because we've been talking about fake news a lot. Um, people take credit sometimes for things they probably shouldn't take credit for. The raids are considered successful by Pancho because of his ability to capture American attention while also resupplying his banded army. However, nearly all the raids he conducted against the U.S., Pancho lost more men than he killed. So 
the numbers aren't really only because yeah. we're, but we're winning. Everything's great, guys. We're yeah. doing great. We came back with some stuff, but a lot of guys were left there dead. So. Yeah, scoreboard says we're losing, but right. uh, Poncho's like, no, no, you guys don't understand. We're going to have a big fourth yeah. quarter here. We're like the Raiders. We're tanking for we're gonna, the draft. We're going to get a participation trophy anyway. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a cookie. What you got, Ern? No, I'm good. Oh, I thought you were leaning in. I got, I got all excited. I thought you were leaning in because you had something. Um, because uh, I'm waiting for another – the only what-the-fuck moment so far has come from uh, information you revealed here. We have really? no other left-hand turns yet. Um, <laughs> I might have a little more. Keep going. I'm pretty happy about this. Right. Uh, is there any sort of Jersey tie-in with this dude? Uh, might be yeah, something going on. Yeah, here. Larry's got a shit-eating grin on his face. No. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that the, the, the Americans were caught pretty much with their pants down. Yes. And so the fact that they did kill a lot of Via's men is, you know – because they actually had some warning, and they ignored it, or they thought that maybe it wasn't true because they had prior warnings. For Columbus, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the guy, I guess, who was in command of that 13th Cavalry had to run out without his shoes yeah. to get to the barracks to say, uh, something's happening here. Right. And uh, to hit the streets because the hotels were on fire. Mm-hmm. Everything's going down. People are being dragged out of their homes and killed in the street. and. But they were able to probably kill, I guess, what, about 100 or so of, of Vila's men? Yeah, and on yeah. top of that, while he's running out barefoot, he's also rallying his own guys, and they're grabbing machine guns. Right. So, so it, they, you, know, you know, the Americans should have really crushed this right away. So I can kind of see how Vila thought it was a little bit of a victory. Right. Because they were a little caught kind of off guard. You ever play tag and uh, you get um, – or hide-and-seek, rather, and you eventually get found, uh, but you feel good about how long it took them to find you. Oh, 100%. That's oh, <laughs> the best spot ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, or manhunt, as we used to call it. Where that, that, I was so good at hiding with manhunt, nobody would ever find me here. Now, you know who's better at manhunt? You didn't know that yeah, we were but then at 2 in the morning, kept still waiting, like, yep. they're yeah. never right, going right, to find right. me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And he's the couple that everybody else decided, yeah, screw him. We'll leave him they there. all went home alone. We know he's behind the other bush. But. That's my level of commitment, guys. Uh, so I was pretty good at Manhunt. Uh, you know who was great at hiding from Manhunt? Carrie Burr. Poncho Villa. <laughs> Close. Um, because you're absolutely right about Columbus here because they, there was ideas this was going to happen. We didn't know what the deal was going to be. and uh, But Poncho swears that these are victories for him. But the real victory for him is that You've now pissed off the United States, uh, and the United States decides because it's national news, Woodrow Wilson is going to respond by sending his best general, our boy Black Jack Pershing, in that same photo. So now, just for those keeping score at home, uh, Patton, who is a young man uh, learning the military trade over here, uh, is in that photo. Obergon is now uh, – has two arms in this photo, is about to lose one of them fighting Via. <laughs> All right? So Via gets the shit kicked out of him by Obergon and is now being chased by Black Jack Pershing. Okay, it's almost very much like a who's on first kind of a thing, like you were saying, Cahoons. Um, it gets wacky fast. Uh, they declare a U.S. expedition that uh, is going to hunt down Pancho Villa. Now, when you call it an expedition, it's a nice way of saying invasion. All right, that's what they were doing. Like, no, we have a one set specific mission. Blackjack Pershing is going to come down here with all these men, Patton included. And uh, for the first time in United States history, we're using automobiles in warfare. Right, mechanized. So it's a mechanized warfare. We're also right. using airplanes for reconnaissance to try to find yep. him. Now, you know what's funny about trying to find somebody in a desert? Uh, Meg brought in a sombrero. I did. Um, it's from Mexico. Now, uh, wow, a, a traditional straw sombrero. You know, it's it actually from Mexico, and it says Mexico on the top of the hat. <laughs> right. 
The little label saying made in China. Right. Don't, don't even it. believe that. Don't, don't ignore that. That was no. a souvenir for Danny A one year. Uh, which is solid, too. You, you have a nice fancy one here now. A What a farmer would wear as a sombrero would just look like um, it would blend in from an aerial shot. It would just look like a rock. Or we blend in with the desert. So we never found That's our boy screaming. Poncho. That's we're here. Right. We're yep. here. Yeah, and then on top of that, Poncho was now hiding out in the same place that he originally escaped to after he shot the guy in the so face. So he knew the, he knew the terrain right. really Also, well. right. it's complete full oh, circle yeah. for this right. he's, he's back. He's with his homeboys in his, in, in his home uh, neighborhood. So, so wait, knows. how close are we to the end of the line for this fool? Uh, we're still a ways, right? People debate. Really? People debate where the, the true end for him uh, winds up happening because he's, uh, his memory is the thing that gets tarnished a lot. So he's got like a re- uh, kind of a renaissance in his uh, later life, if you will, here. So the, the U.S. government puts out a reward for this guy, right? And it's $5,000. So basically for the cost of like one breast implant, you could have <laughs> turned this guy in. Does he have a brother? I need a pen. <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah. Five really. grand. I pictured you writing that joke at home. You're like, this is yeah. going to work. This is going to work. I didn't write it down, Kev. Can we go with two smalls rather than just one larger? How does that work? You can only get the one boob done. Sorry. No. <laughs> What's ironic, too, is that I've been trying to get rid of my tits my entire life. Uh, I think that's more expensive, Kev. Uh, unfortunately, it is. It's You'd think, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, they put out uh, the big price on his head. Uh, the United States is sending almost uh, everything we have at the time. All the modern technology. This right. is, uh, for uh, modern ways, it would be like um, uh, iPhones, everything else like that. You could buy... Uh, Sonar, radar tracking, everything you could possibly have. We're trying to find one dude named Pancho Villa. Now, we don't ever actually find him, right? His uh, legend continues to grow over here, uh, and he's now eluding the entire United States government, uh, who, as we said, uh, are using every bit of technology available. Uh, now, the problem is we never captured Pancho, so you can't really call it a success, but you know what you can call it? Uh, they killed 190 of his men. All right, yeah, 190 they, they of his men. They hurting on him for sure, but... Well, they won almost every battle that they As faced. As an effective fighting force, uh, he wasn't so much you know, left over. But And there's nothing admirable about bin Laden, but I did think that there was um, the interesting thing here with uh, bin Laden. It took us so long to find him, but the Afghanistan war was over within you know months. And then the actual just manhunt for him is what really took a long time because he was really good at hiding. Pancho Villa is doing the same thing here. But we're taking out his top lieutenants. We're taking out everybody. You know, his whole power structure is diminishing here. He is not the man. This is not the... Uh, Division del Norte days, all right? They got the shit kicked out of them. Uh, Pancho proves uh, elusive, but uh, like we said, the uh, U.S. expedition is now getting a lot of pressure because they're starting to say, hey, this is an invasion. Mexico doesn't like the fact that there's – how would we respond if Mexico marched their army in here and said that they were trying to track down Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> Right. They lock up their children. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, they're coming into Texas for McConaughey. And we're just like, no. It's, uh, we'll know. find him. He's here. Well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> so we would sit there and we would say, well, oh, you're going to leave afterwards or what? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we'll leave. Trust us. You know, we've never fucked you guys over on land right, before. Right. <laughs> we don't hold Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, right, right. and California and parts of Colorado. So they're getting a lot of pressure on that one here. Now, you, the other thing you talked about earlier, LP, is uh, what's going on in Europe at this time? Yeah, World War One is going on, and, and, and you know, there's all kinds of all kinds of stuff, and men and material are being chipped, and you know, Britain and, and England, uh, excuse me, England and France are are looking for some help from the Americans, and it, being on on this side with the Americans, you know, you've got a lot of German Americans that are uh, not necessarily backing the German side, but 
you know, you don't want to be pissing off uh, German Americans. At the same time, there's a heavy British influence and a heavy French influence. Well, let me ask you this then uh, as well. Um, so if you have uh, this war effort going on over in Europe now that's going to require manpower and uh, all your technology and all of your uh, supplies, weapons, ammunition, uh, you're going to need a badass dude to lead that army, right? Oh, absolutely. So we're going to reassign our boy Blackjack, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he does not really have a, a clear-cut victory in the hunt for uh, Pancho Villa. But uh, at the same time, there's a lot of uh, experience gained by going into Mexico and, and hunting for this guy. And again, using all this, what at the time, modern-day technology. And you've got some young bucks like George Patton that are you know cutting their teeth on... Uh, on mechanized warfare in Mexico. And he was on at the ground floor with it, too. So this is the first time tanks are really being used for the... This is the first time that Americans ever spent sent an expeditionary force or an invasion, if you will, that, that they fought on foreign soil other than the Spanish-American War. And that wasn't an invasion. We were just trying to free Cuba. There was right, no. right, right, right. We came away with the Philippines in that, too, by the way. You want to talk about fucking up? We could have had... <laughs> <laughs> we could have had Cuba, and we're like, no, 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 Cuba's free. You do what you want. You won't screw us over in about 40 years, um, and uh, we'll take the Philippines. And uh, I, I have no listeners in the Philippines, so. So let it fly. Yeah, so the yeah, Philippines right. suck. Right. That's, it, it rains a lot. Um, and even after we were granted They don't or, listen or to the given, show? Fuck them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Given the Philippines, then we had to go over there and fight the fight the the. the Revolutionaries, if you will, in the Philippines. So you know, we weren't making there. a whole lot of friends anywhere. But no, but we were still kicking ass. So that was the thing. But now it is a little bit of an embarrassment. We weren't able to catch this guy. But we decided to cut ties. Okay, just going to go ahead and move on here. Uh, Blackjack Pershing and Patton go over to uh, fight in World War One, as we also said too. By learning how to hunt Pancho Villa, Patton then learns how to uh, eventually uh, use armored warfare, which is literally what we beat Hitler with in World mm -hmm. War Two. So that whole march across Europe thing because Patton, that's because he learned how to hunt, you know, a Mexican bandit in the hills of the Sierra Madre. Yeah, World yeah, well, War I Patton, was kind of a nice way to save face, right? Yeah, so very much so. Six, nine months, couldn't find him. Oh, gotta go. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. <bro>. Yeah, we're <laughs> out of here. It's like when Kahuna tells me there's another podcast coming and that's his way to tell me it's time to rip. <laughs> and a lot of historians will say that, you know, um, Blackjack Pershing was really uh, hindered by um, requirements, if you will, or, or standards that Wilson was placing on him as to what he could and couldn't do, that, you know, that's one of the reasons why he was never able to really just oust this guy because of he was being, uh, you know, it's like, uh, uh, how did we turn, return? He was playing it too safe. Right, right, right. So much like Kennedy. Uh, rather than an all-out. Bay of Pigs, yeah. Yeah, rather than an all-out thing, we're, we're going to be nice about it. We're going to kill you, but we're going to be nice about it rather than just hunting this it's guy. It's going to be a civilized kill. Yeah, right, right. Observation. Mm -hmm. Only guy who didn't do a shot is the one slurring his words right now. That's weird, Dad. How ah. you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, He's had a long day. Well, Poncho's not... Yeah, he did. He did come from not a... Not the uh, first shot, no, but <laughs> not the first medics. <laughs> <laughs> with that, I'll try to straighten that he out. He was with Bobby Burke before yeah, that. Yeah, that's also yeah. true. Um, now, uh, U.S. forces are off his back here now. Pancho remains in opposition to Carranza in the hills, but his legend continues to grow. Huge break comes from now when uh, Obergon's supporters assassinated Carranza. They've now killed Pancho's enemy here. So within a few short years, the new leadership of Mexico understands that it would be cheaper and safer to negotiate with Pancho than it would be to risk him rising against the government again. So it's like, hey, every time we try to have a government, 
this Pancho Villa guy, we piss him off, and he just goes, no way. <laughs> and he, uh, he says, I'm going to, you know, I'll be a thorn in your side. And it works every single time. He's been able to overthrow them here. They uh, wind up negotiating a treaty that would give Pancho full amnesty for his outlaw and revolutionary crimes. It's almost like that last scene in The Shield when uh, Vic Mackey admits to everything he did. Um, <laughs> kind of a crazy thing with Thanks that. Thanks for the spoiler alert. Hey, no problem, sir. <laughs> Damn. That ain't going to spoil nothing for you. I, I swear to God, that show's spoil-proof. Um, they negotiated that treaty, and Pancho is going to disarm his uh, banditos, and the, uh, the Division of the North is no more. And he gets to take over. Get this. What are you going to give a guy who has been robbing haciendas his whole life? Oh, there you go. You All the horses he could ever want. <laughs> Pretty much. That's right. Yeah, you don't have right. to steal them anymore. You own all the horses. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's the kind of the truth here. Everybody's got a price at the end of the day. The million-dollar man, uh, Ted DiBiase, was right. Um, We're going to give you a nice horse wrench. He's able to keep a small amount of his men, too, as his own personal bodyguards. He's got 50 bodyguards. Pancho lives uh, in relative peace. Finally, a chance to relax, spend some time with his 75 wives. wives. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> All those Play with the grandkids. The big hacienda. <laughs> we actually don't have the right number for how many kids he had. There's, no, there's a lot of people that allude to being um, descendants of him that they can't exactly prove. But it's up there. It's like Genghis Khan type numbers. 23 and me. That's a <laughs> right? Is that where that comes from? Can we use DNA right. technology? Everybody line up spitting this bottle. <laughs> you can't trust that stuff. Um, no, uh, on Friday, this one's uh, this is kind of where it gets really good. There's a little bit of a Jersey tie-in with this, but uh, only because... Um, only because we try to shoehorn in one every time we can. We try to also. Uh, and people like that in the comments I get a lot too. But uh, on Friday, July 20th, 1923, Pancho went into town. Uh, he had with him a smaller contingent of bodyguards than usual, but he didn't think he needed them because he felt really safe in the town of Paral. All right, um, his revolutionary days are largely behind him, but he had a uh, he had recently started paying more attention to Mexican politics again. So, like we, like we were saying, this guy who that's where you gone wrong. And hadn't time. he agreed to stay out of politics mm -hmm. as part of the? That deal. was the only thing he had so to do. Boy. Yeah, that's all he had to do. And he couldn't do it. He started getting uh, a little bit loud again. They said this Pancho guy. We're tired same. of revolutions, okay? If Woody would have gone straight to the police. <laughs> <laughs> had to send one more tweet, didn't you? <laughs> uh, that's the problem now, man. So uh, he starts getting, you know, hey, paying attention to politics again here. And uh, people are like, not again. All right, we're not, we're, this, we've seen this movie. We're tired of it, okay? Uh, just stop making hangovers, all right? The first one was the best. <laughs> and we don't need any more here, so... Uh, the only one not tired of is Pancho Villa because he's the one starring in every single one of his own right. fucking movies. Uh, as right. himself, too. That's the name of the HBO movie, by Does the way. Does his own stuff. Get out of here. Pancho, starring Pancho Villa as himself. Um, Who plays him? I'm not sure. We can pull that Pancho one up at the Villa. end over here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, like one of his thousands of what kids. What is it, Weekend at Bernie's? Yeah, they yeah. would. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, you going to get to um, jump in wow. They did dig him up. Antonio uh, Banderas. That. Oh, that's wow. a wow. Antonio Banderas? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. That's going to be, uh, Megan just alluded to what's going to be the uh, the Kahuna jaw drop moment at the end here. That's he fucking funny. No, that's, no, that's the best thing. part. Um, he always does his own thing. That's the best. <laughs> you, know really, you know what's really great, too? Pancho Villa doesn't even get like the big theatrical movie. He gets a TV movie on HBO that's never aired since. Supposedly, yeah, it's, no it's still about. available. Supposedly, it's pretty good though. But um, it's uh, it's weird how this one works here because now uh, on Friday, July twentieth, Pancho Villa, who's already a living legend, right? He's got his bodyguards <laughs> with him. Not as many bodyguards as normal, uh, and he goes into uh, the city of Paral, 
Uh, but he's also, like we said, been starting to talk politics again. And you don't talk about politics or religion. That's what they say. And uh, Pancho decides he's going to go ahead and, and walks into the city here. And they believe it's because of the fear of Pancho's popularity among the people that seven gunmen uh, walk in and uh, shoot up his car, Sonny Corleone, Godfather style. Yeah. Look what All they right. did to my boy. That's a, yeah. <laughs> right. they, uh, they dropped him bad. There's actually uh, – this is one of the, the funny things here is uh, they shot him with uh, what's known as a dum-dum round in a couple of the rifles, which was a larger caliber bullet for taking down large game. So uh, the reason why is they want to make sure that if they shoot him, he doesn't live through it. Like uh, Kelly was on the episode of uh, Charles Gateau uh, shooting um, President Garfield, and Garfield lived. Oh, for <laughs> a bunch of days, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. he, almost, he really could have. It's like, you can't even right. kill a guy, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so they uh, used dum-dum rounds in order to ensure that he dies right away. Most people agree that he died right away, but the legend, and this, this one, you want to talk about irony here. Uh, they say that when he was dying, his last words were, uh, not like this. That's not your cheese, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie, even worse, they, they said uh, what was reported as his last words for a long time was, ah, tell him I said something. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. You killed so Taco Bell. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Carries off the podcast. Uh, Make sure my movie is epic. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I star uh, as myself. <laughs> but they say that uh, they say he died almost right away, though. There's no way he really have, had a chance to yeah, talk. Yeah, because I think they put three or four into his head too. So I mean, it was, it was, it was over long before he had opportunity to have his list. They made sure. Did he have a head left? Yeah. Uh, right. Weird story, Carol. That's coming up. Weird story about that. This is crazy. Um, now, Pancho's death is interesting because he gets. Um, you have to mourn him because he's a national hero here. But Obregon, the guy who lost his there. arm fighting Pancho Villa in that picture is now running things in Mexico, and he has to uh, have this very difficult role of how do we pay respect to this guy without making him a martyr where people are going to try to you know carry and his mantle against him. Yeah, sure. So we always talk about this too. Um, 1916 with um, uh, the Irish uh, uprising, the Easter uprising, uh, they were actually the guys who took over the post office uh, in the IRA in order to try to get um, England out of Ireland and have Irish uh, independence. Uh, they were booed and spit on and had things thrown at them when they were arrested. People hated them. These were terrorists. The only way that they galvanized the following is because Great Britain executed them without trials. So by killing them, they made those guys into martyrs. So uh -huh. that was in 1916. This is 1923 now. If you make Pancho Villa a martyr, we're going to have a whole nother fucking mess on our hands here. And you're going to have a uh, I am Spartacus moment. So – they're trying to get through this. They got to figure out how they're going to do it. So they have to give. Um, they call Via a hero, and they give him this big, uh, you know, funeral, if you will. But they start to downplay his achievements in the revolution. So they're honoring him on the service, but then they're kind of undermining him as they go. So it's a weird way to uh, kill off the bandit king, if you will. But uh, Obregon had the assassins captured and killed, and Pancho received a large funeral. But his legend status got downplayed. Uh, Via's story, unfortunately, has proven a little bit too good to hide. Uh, and after many of his political enemies were out of power, historians and people alike pressured formal recognition of Mexico's brilliant fucking hero. That guy was a horse thief, and he freed the country three times. <laughs> yeah. He was a badass. Yeah, he, was. he had a yeah, and uh, I mean, not for you got to have thick skin if you have seventy-five wives getting on your ass for while you're hanging out with your friends. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> I went to check the furnace. <laughs> It's like just one <laughs> giant pack That's of a whole cigarettes. Other <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now in uh, 1926, this is the part that uh, Meg was alluding to earlier. Um, 
here's why he's a loser, all right? Because he's pretty well remembered. Guy he, I, I can't figure what I was going to say. Um, My uncle's sitting here. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got skull fucked. <laughs> but now you got to tell me. All right, Kev, now you have to explain. This. Yeah, she's not wrong. Um, <laughs> listeners at home. Uh, <laughs> In 1926, Poncho's head was severed from his body. So three years after he was buried, someone dug up his body and took his head off. And the body, the head was never recovered. So at his actual grave now, you're only seeing uh, shoulders to ankles of our boy Poncho Villa. Wow. All right? His head's gone. It was never found. The local folklore says that an American treasure hunter, uh, Indiana Jones, broke into, <laughs> broke into his grave and retrieved the head for an eccentric millionaire who collected the severed heads of famous historical figures. That's so random. So, uh, Have they ever released the so name cool. of that millionaire? It's, uh, well, here's the funny part. I don't know if you guys know this, but Pancho Villa's severed head is sitting on the desk of Jeff Bezos at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Can you buy it on Amazon? It's, uh, it's a, yeah, if you are a Prime, Prime member, Prime. Prime members are able to run their fingers through You'll his hair. <laughs> But uh, yeah. Instant shipping. <laughs> now, that's the problem with that one, man. But Pancho Villa, when I started reading that story, it just popped off. Uh, now, you guys all did research. Did we miss anything on this one? Well, there's something interesting. Talk so in Tucson, Arizona, there is a statue of Pancho Villa on his horse, of course, because <laughs> right. he stole many. And then there's always – it was a gift from the Mexican government at the time in 1981. And it's been there in Tucson. And people in Tucson actually really like it, even though no one's really sure why Tucson was. Apparently, when in his days, when he was in the United States, he may have gone to Tucson and gotten ammunition and maybe killed a few people and stolen a few horses. And they like that stuff. Robbed the bank or two. Right. So very recently, Judicial Watch, which is a very conservative group that gets people like Brett Kavanaugh, you know, nominated and and confirmed to the Supreme Court, bring a, a, a lawsuit to remove that statue from Tucson. They they don't have a reason why that isn't really based in racism, right, or whatever. So they got to come up with a different reason. So they say that in 1981, the, the city of Tucson didn't follow the proper procedure to vote on whether or not I'm the statue should be. Give them space within right. their. They lost. Oh the statute's still there in Tucson. You can go. We so I say trip. we need a family road go. trip. We're going go. to Tucson. We got to see that statue. The people at Tucson, actually, they really like it. He's fondly remembered. And um, they actually say that the what happened when they tried to downplay him is that you made the guy cooler. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the, the more like he's there's almost a, you're increasing his outlaw appeal. Now, I didn't know anything about the statue in Tucson. That's hilarious. But. Um, he is uh, a wild dude. Um, LP, did we miss anything else? Uh, I have a kind of a Jersey tie-in here. That, Talk to uh, me. I, I, I thought it. was that was pretty interesting that um, apparently um, what came to light um, during this whole thing between what uh, Pancho Villa started basically in 1910 and all to his death until 23, but... Um, that whole time period with the First World War going on, I mean, Europe is in, is at, at war with everything else, and Germany is trying to uh, stir up um, difficulties for anybody that they're fighting against, um, that there was a, a telegram known as the Zimmerman Telegram Uh-oh. that came to light um, that was issued from the German Foreign Office in January of 1917. So, you know, the rest of Europe is in, in full, full-blown full war at this particular thing. And this telegram 
is proposing a military alliance between Germany and Mexico. So if the United States comes into this war, uh, if Mexico sides with Germany, uh, we'll make sure that at the conclusion of the war, you're going to get Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, mm-hmm. Colorado, and, and California yeah. back again kind of a thing if you if you side with Germany. So, I mean, this was— I don't even think I learned anything about that in history. No, class. I don't think so you either. Notice we, uh, we talk about a lot of shit that just gets glanced over. That's why I like this. That's, in, like, that's huge. Like, I'm surprised that's not wait, even wait been glanced yeah. over. Yeah. And then it was, uh, it was the British uh, intelligence that intercepted this thing and decoded this— uh, this communication, this telegram, and uh, it's been described as the decryption was described as the most significant intelligence triumph for Britain during World War I. So that's a pretty significant piece of information, right? And one of the earliest uh, occasions of which a piece of single intelligence influenced world events. And again, uh, going back to Woodrow Wilson, He's playing his his hand as we're going to be neutral. We're going to stay out of this European conflict. Meanwhile, he's got all kinds of people on, on the American side trying to influence him to go to war with Germany or, or, or whatever. And at the same time all of this is going on, there's a huge explosion right here in our own New Jersey – it's called the the, uh, the Black Tom. The Black Tom explosion. Right. Get exactly. the hell out of here! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally. Wow. He knows some shit. Uh-huh. He knows the some boy shit. Knows some shit. because well, I used to <clears throat> go to Liberty Park a lot and hang out. Exactly. And I always used to see uh, Black that Tom mo- was a friend of yours that hung out in the park. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> He's your weed dealer. <laughs> we don't talk about that, okay? Uh, yeah. Well, the Black Tom explosion at, at, at that time. Or up until that time, there was a huge, huge munitions um, depot. It was the largest munitions depot in the Northeast, and it was just off of, of Jersey City uh, in the river that, you know, all this kind of stuff, and it was under intense security and everything else. Well, uh, one night, uh, July 30th in 1916, there's a huge explosion where this whole munitions factory blows up. I mean, there's there's shit flying everywhere. People all the way down in Maryland are reporting. Feeling the, the, it. Feeling it. Yeah, right? like it's. And the Statue of Liberty is damaged. Um, uh, people are rocked. Um, some of the immigrants that were uh, coming into Ellis Island were now shipped over to um, the southern tip of Manhattan because of this explosion. This could you imagine that? Finally, the land of opportunity. Oh, shit. I thought we got away to, from this. Is it interesting to think about those people who were sent to Manhattan and what difference it may have made? Yeah. Had that not happened for them, that's why there's right? there, that's why there's two torches at the Statue of Liberty because the original one you could always go up to the torch and go see. Well, it was because of this event. It was of because this of the explosion, explosion that, that they had no to replace allowed, it. Right, oh, wow. you are no longer allowed to go up into the uh, up into the they torch. It for everybody. Yep, they absolutely, really absolutely. Uh, millions and millions of, by today's dollars, millions and millions of dollars uh, of worth of damage, and. As, upon further investigation, it was found out that um, there were German um, espionage agents that were involved with this whole thing. So, I mean, the Germans are, are working all kinds of stuff. And it was just one more reason that, hey, we, 
we got to go to war here. I mean, these people, they're blowing up our munitions thing. They're um, threatening our borders with the, with the Mexicans and all kinds of shit going on all over the world that um, it, was a, it was a game changer. It was, a, you know, uh, helped make the decision for the United States to enter the war. So you talk about, you know, that single piece of uh, intelligence, that Zimmerman telegram that was really a Mexican um, telegram. But all of this stuff, all of this other espionage <laughs> stuff was tied into that to that same scheme, if you will. Yeah, it was decoded. It said, uh, stay thirsty, my friends. We got to wrap up. We went long on this one here, guys. Um, this one was fucking fun, though. I love everybody uh, on this episode very, very much. Right um, back at you, KP. I know. Do you guys got anything you want to say on your way out? Cousin Meg, starting with you. Um, thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime. Yeah, you, uh, uh, you guys are going to have to come back. It this was one was fun. very, very fun. Uh, Carrie Burke, what aisle uh, can they find you in this week? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> I want to say thank you to the Kahuna for not shutting my mic off this time. Yeah, look, you almost <laughs> made it through kind. an entire episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Cousin Ern, what do you got? Uh, just thank you. This was a lot of fun. No, I'm, yeah, you I'm definitely good shit. coming back. Uh, please do. You guys were awesome <laughs> on this one. The um, LP, I'm very happy to have you back. South Beach Larry is back where he belongs in northern New Jersey. <laughs> for now. Uh, April yeah. I don't know if that's a unanimous yeah. vote because uh, – <laughs> With the shit that's going on right side right now with the uh, wall of snow and everything that's and coming. And Sandy Burke to... might have something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's going to come back. It's the the weird part of uh, the year where she goes from Armenian to Puerto Rican. Uh, <laughs> uh, color um, change. Yeah. It's a seasonal color change. Um, this one's going to come out, uh, so uh, not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. And I'm uh, very excited about that one here. If you guys want to check me out, uh, it's at uh, KP Burke Sucks on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, KP Burke Comic is the website. I got some good dates coming up here. I got um, uh, the March. I'll say this one's going to come out before. Whatever. Just come see me at uh, Bananas in Hasbrook Heights. I'm opening for Dave Landau from the Anthony Cumia show. What date is that, Kevin? Uh, that is going to be St. Patrick's Day weekend. Woo. So I'm pretty excited. That is the uh, the 15th and the 16th. There you go. Yeah, show up in a kilt on that one. Do me a, say, uh, a solid here. And then on the, the 14th, I'll be at uh, John and Peter's in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania. I think I'm closing that one out because when you're Irish and a comedian – uh, the only time you get to headline is the month of March. Throw your new bone. Yeah, that's how they work that stuff. But guys, if you like the show, we're having a good time with it, man. I lose money every episode on this one, but it's not losing money. It's an investment because uh, I just want to have a good time with the show, put out a good product people can enjoy. All I'm asking is you leave us a review on iTunes. That's it. All right? I'm not asking for your money yet. We'll figure that out as we go. Yeah. But uh, we have a great time with this one. Mike and Ming at A Shared Universe, thank you guys for having us so much. Uh, I'm going to go out on something here. We're going to try this. We're going to see if it works. I don't know if I had enough tequila in me. Um, but we're going to try to see if we can't go out on this one. Are we singing? Are you breaking um, out into song, guys? Very close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just checking. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Soy KP Berkey, Ese Pedero Americano de Pancho Villa. <laughs> Love it. And that was Pancho Villa, American Loser. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born. <laughs> <laughs>